This is Daizenshu EX the Podcast, episode 33 for the week of July 2nd, 2006. Welcome to Daizenshu EX the Podcast. That's what this is. How amazing. An extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and maybe a little bit of entertaining along this here trip into podcast land. This is episode, someone tell me. 33? That would be correct. You didn't do the joke though. Oh, but Mike! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to leave it in. I'm just going to say we had a joke. We were talking before the episode. And we're like, oh, it'd be funny. 33 and a third. And we're like, oh, yeah, let's say that. And, you know, it's not funny when you script it ahead of time. No, no. He would be too forced. I guess I should introduce people here. Sure. Yeah. Hey, maybe you're listening for the first time, and that would be awesome. My name is Mike Labrie. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And if you don't, well, now you do. To my quite, quite, quite less than proverbial right... Mostly literal. Well, that's why it's less than proverbial. Well, why don't you say literal? Because I like making fun of Julian's catchphrases from earlier on. Oh. <laughs> it's Mary. Hi there. Hello. Hello to you on this lovely, scorching, unair-conditioned evening. Well, that's what happens when you podcast. I know. How is Julian doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Uh, not too bad. That's a good You know, I'm sitting in here in the room with the window shut and my fan off, but it's not that bad today, actually, for once. Yeah, you know what, Mary? It's not that bad in here yet. It will well, be. Well, in about he's half up an north. Hour. I bet it's cooler yeah. up there. Well, I don't know. Here it's been alternating between, like, storming rain and really hot and humid for the past week or so. <laughs> so to have yeah. a break today is nice. It's massively flooded about 10 miles to the west of here. It is. Ouch. We're all good, yes. though. We're not uh, canoeing yes. to work. That's why I like being up on a hill. The Mohawk Valley is not so good shape right now, but I'm, I'm good because I'm higher elevation. That's good. Yep. Speaking of higher elevation, I got to say, I am in a fantastic mood this evening. That's great. Why is this? I don't quite know. I mean, other than it being Friday and work is done, and I'd like to say we're having a three-day weekend, but we're not. <laughs> we'll have, you know, the weekend, work day, day off. Work yay. on Monday, yay! I don't know. I'm just, I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling it. Maybe it's yeah. that nice, juicy paycheck sitting on your desk that I will steal from you. That too, with a little bit extra <laughs> in it. Yeah. Oh my. Mm-mm, yeah. Mike's performing services on the side at work. Um... I'm going to transition completely away from that. Well, I thought you were leading up to something on why you were so happy today. No, no, I'm not. You're just happy, and you want the world to know. Exactly. That's great. Yes. That's scary. No, I am talking about Jump Superstars. Oh. I've had this game for months and months and months. It's one of those games where I got it, I played it, it was like, oh yeah, this is awesome, and then I got distracted and put it away for several months. I picked it up again last weekend. I've been loving it. I've been playing straight through. I've been unlocking everyone. No Dragon Ball characters yet. Not yet. I'm totally digging the JoJo characters, though, which is kind of funny. I like the Rai guy. Rai! Actually, I think it's Re, but whatever. Oh, I like Rai because I think he's saying Y, but they spelled it wrong. I like it that way better. Oh, okay. So, yeah, digging the jump superstars. But, um, you know, Dragon Ball podcast... We got news, we got a topic, we got releases, we got your emails, 
We should get this show on the road, mothers. Okay, all you great kids, in just a few weeks in August, you'll be getting your movie 13. Oh, snap. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Cry like a little bitch, why don't you? I want my Tapion. Tapion? He's handsome. Who came first? Tamer Link. I mean, uh, Mary, tell us about this news. All right. DBZ Movie 13 has been delayed as seen on its uh, listing on Amazon. It's now going to come out on September 12th. Now, this is not that much of a surprise since while at Anime Next at Funimation's panel, they're going through their releases. They kind of failed to mention, <laughs> you know, true. the movie coming out in August. And even Lance said... You know, when we say the the dates for June, July, and August, those are pretty set in stone. Anything after that, it's up in the air. So I think the movie in the first place being, you know, August release, it was already kind right. of on the fence. It was at the end of August, too. I think it was like August 22nd. So I'm like, hmm, he's not mentioning the release date. I wonder what's going on here. So it's not too surprising, given those uh, pieces of news that he mentioned. But uh, yeah, September 12th. Gotta wait a little bit longer. Yep. yep. They're milking this as long as they can. Well, they know. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have also been saying, well, we don't quite know what's going on with this season one box set and the rest of the Ultimate Uncuts and the movie redubs. So, you know, the whole Dragon Ball area is getting a little confusing over there with the Funimation people. They're busy yep. worrying about their real anime. <laughs> Get your yeah. facts straight, okay? I wish you could have seen Mary's face when she said that. It was fantastic. <laughs> Too bad this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> you ever think we'd live to see the day where they'd be a legitimate anime company? pumping out like serious releases I, and i never would have thought it in but a i'm years. thrilled <laughs> me too because i'm watching a lot of their releases like <laughs> probably at least 50 yes. percent of what they put out but you know ex is a funny loving sellout let's move let's on. throw rocks at him okay no julian tell us what is going on with the next thing here okay well atari has put out a press release entitled super dragon ball z goes gold now Given that the game has already come out in Japan, this is basically a way of them to promote the game before it comes out here. Right. So it's set for a July launch. <laughs> What's um, so funny is that there's not even a release date in this press release. Yeah. <laughs> so some some. <laughs> Woohoo! Some it's time, done. We don't know when it's coming out. Sometime in the next thirty days or so, <laughs> you know, much. around then. Yeah. I'm I'm sure you will see it. But <laughs> anyway, it. this is this is basically a press release. To drum up interest and promote themselves. It's a press release that says, look for our next press release. Yeah. Um, well, because I think the next bit of news might have something to do with that. It does. Uh, this Good has been segue. going around for the last couple of days here. Uh, Atari was late in filing their 10K, which is something you submit to the SEC and you know all your regulatory filings. And Well, they have all of their stuff in for the last fiscal year. Atari ain't doing so well here. Yeah, and when I say they're not doing so well, this is a, a multi-million dollar net loss that they've got going on. Ooh. And this is just because they submitted forms late and they're getting penalized? No. Or is well, this no, just this them is... as a business they're losing? The, as a business. This okay. is why they submitted their forms late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. They're trying to do some fancy accounting last minute maybe? They, they were. In fact, from what I remember reading, um, their fancy accounting ended up having like $2 million more that they lost. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was accounting. <laughs> I guess you don't want to dig that deep. <laughs> right. So – 
yeah, Atari's not doing so well. There's been all this speculation going around about, oh, is Atari going to go out of business? If Atari goes out of business, who do the rights revert to and all that stuff? I don't Bandai? think Well, probably. I don't think they're going away anytime soon. I mean, you can lose money all you want, but you can still be in business. It's, you know, the whole yeah. American economy thing going on. Yeah. I mean, you can still operate under bankruptcy. You just don't yeah. have any control over what your money goes to. <laughs> exactly. But if if Atari were to go out of business, what would happen? Well, Bandai does have an American subsidiary. So, like, would it go to them? I think it comes back to Funimation, really, because they're primarily the property holder, and they sub their sublicense. It's you know, it's confusing. I wouldn't worry about Atari going anywhere. That's why we need a lawyer on staff on the podcast. <laughs> we need him every episode and be like, Mr. Lawyer, consult us in the ways of accounting. Well, I mean, I deal with the 10Ks and all the regulatory filings right. pretty much every day at work, but I don't, I don't deal with the money itself, so. Yes. Well, I do know a lawyer who's also a DPZ fan, but I don't know how willing he'd be to just talk about this. Is his name Gen Fukunaga? No, he's not. Oh, okay. That's I guess that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it for news, guys? According to the outline, yes. <laughs> well, yes. Atari's putting out games, but they're losing money. Do they put out games other than Dragon Ball? I, I really don't know because I don't play video games, they really. They do. I don't remember. Because I was going to say, if they're just relying on like the Dragon Ball games as their sole revenue source, yeah, I can see them losing you know, money. <laughs> the press release about the 10K being late, it did mention something about a single property causing it to be late or something like that. Ooh, it doesn't say what. Maybe that was Dragon Ball. Maybe it wasn't. I don't dun, remember dun, like, what the else they do. Let's just move on to our topic. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Nyo? Nay? Yeah? yeah. I am going to let Mary introduce this topic because she gave it to me. All right. Yeah. This is what happens when you sit at work on a slow work day. And you go, hey, what's a good podcast idea that makes us sound really, really smart? We're going to go in depth in a Dragon Ball land and, you know, wax intellectual. Whack? Whack. No, no, no. Okay, not touching that. Let's whack a Dragon Ball. Never mind. Mary, introduce the topic. <laughs> the topic is the shift in Dragon Ball from a wacky martial arts comedy to a full-blown sci-fi epic. I think epic. This epic. That's right. I'm not afraid to use that word in relation to Dragon Ball because it is epic. It is. You don't go on for that many episodes and not call it epic. So by that token, can you call One Piece an epic? You could. But I digress. Let's just bring it back to Dragon Ball. Okay. Where in the beginning it's a boy wandering around, most of the time half naked in the forest, <laughs> catching fish. And not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all. Not. And occasionally he goes on a quest for the Dragon Balls. <laughs> um, but the other half of the time he's, he's involved <laughs> in being naked. I guess that we can divide it into three parts. Naked... <laughs> Uh, fight. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, Dragon Ball does not begin with the Pilaf saga. It begins with the Naked saga. <laughs> it's a hardcore <laughs> pornography. Hard. Okay, there is an actual point to the topic. Yeah. So he's he's a young boy going on the quest for the Dragon Balls. When he's not doing that, he's usually involved in the Tenkaichi Budokais. And initially, when the manga was running in Japan, it was these aspects, the martial arts aspects that really caught on with the fans and they kept right. demanding do another tournament! That was awesome! <laughs> do another tournament! That was cool! Give us more! And in between we had some stuff, but it still ultimately led to a tournament. Right. And even up to the very end of what we call Dragon Ball Right. Uh, you know, it ends with a tournament. Mm -hmm. So, yes. what makes it 
shift, I mean, outside of it being, you know, recall Dragon Ball Z for the anime, what makes it more of a sci-fi show? I, I guess it still can, has fighting, so what makes it different? I guess we can just say, the point that Raditz shows up, that's the turn. I right. mean, it's it's pretty solid. There's there's a right. big red line yeah. right there. It's not that it's just suddenly action-oriented, because it had been action-oriented exactly. for a while, exactly. but suddenly it has this, like, um, we're not on Earth anymore, well, or <laughs> at least alone. we're dealing with things beyond the scope of the planet. You know, you, you made a great point. It has been very, very action-oriented for a while. I mean, the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, that is hardcore action. In fact, more well, so... for than, a Shonen series. Well, such is true. <laughs> what are you getting at, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, alien flies down. Suddenly we have we have aliens, we have foreign planets, we have additional technology, and tying into that we have time travel of all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a little different than we magic summon the dragon. This is yeah. totally different. And very, very much Western concepts barred, I mean, very Western sci-fi elements, like time yeah. travel. Right. I mean, people, I, don't, I hate to make this comparison, <laughs> okay. but you know what comic book reference I'm going to make? Oh, jeez, yes. <laughs> so I won't say it. No, say it, <laughs> But, say it. Uh, you know, the whole Superman analogy, you know, Goku's an alien from another planet, the planet gets destroyed. You know, that in and of itself is barred from, you know, sci-fi comic books, all very American so here you go from this very cultural, very Japanese show. In fact, well, very Chinese. Chinese very Chinese, yes. <laughs> and then, boom, Dragon Ball Z hits, and now we're going to be super-duper sci-fi. No, just to throw something in there. At least he wasn't um, Watsuki and throwing in, you know, blatant X-Men ripoffs. I like that, though. <laughs> I look at the character designs. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's what he's oh, doing. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is a historical drama. Oh, wait, let's throw in somebody who has a giant cannon on their arm. (laughs) Or who can set fire to anything. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, bring it back to Dragon Ball. I have to throw in the obligatory Kenshin references. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, So, what do we want to go with first? I think, Mary, you nailed it with the Superman analogy. It starts off, oh, Goku, yeah, you're an alien. And that comes out of left field, which I think is kind of good for dramatic effect. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you had been following it in Japan, maybe it's very jarring. Yeah. What a big difference it was to be... It does explain the giant monkey thing. It yes. does. But to be a fan in Japan for the first time versus us... Oh, yeah, Goku's an alien. Yep. Yeah, this I accept this, of course. Yeah. That's that's essentially how, you know, I'm going to say the majority of people were introduced to these characters. Yes, Goku's a Saiyajin. You know, not for, not for the kids in Japan. Like, yeah, they grew up with this... Crazy monkey boy. He's got a tail. He's weird. Okay. But, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yes. Alien. So, like, even just beyond the initial Saiyajin arc, they kick it up a notch <laughs> exponentially oh, just with the Namek stuff. It's like, okay, you know, we've met the Saiyajin. That's one set of aliens. You know, no. Fuck that. We're going to go crazy. Here's Frieza <laughs> and all of his goons, and all of them are all different aliens. We're going to say, oh, yeah, Piccolo is an alien, but, you know, you can tell by looking. Yeah, it's very, very... <laughs> Yes. It's very Earth-centric, and then all of a sudden there's this, we are not, you know, the center of the universe here yes. kind of thing. Well, I mean, some in some respects you could almost view it as a logical progression, because, I mean, Goku had already met God, and he trained under him. <laughs> exactly. So where do you go from there? You go higher <laughs> and higher. Uh, do, how much did Kami remember about... I don't know. Uh, they kept rewriting that so many times, I can't yeah. remember what was the actual they, right version. I think the what 
happened was he remembered arriving right. like on Earth and having the note from his progenitors that they would come for him eventually, but they never did. So eventually he wandered off and ended up under the tutelage of the previous god who then made him god after right. him. But I, I can picture that scene of him like hugging his knees up on and a he rock looks so something. cute. He's all abandoned. He's got so so much evil in him. But we talked about that. All right, so we we got aliens. We got tons of aliens, and that even increases later on. With (laughs) I mean, you see the the people from hell, and we have all the different galaxies. That's probably the first thing we learned that there's four different galaxies, really. Mm -hmm. And even that's probably just its own dimension and realm. We don't know what the hell else there is. I think what's interesting about the vast number of alien types that we see is that, like, through these characters, the ones that aren't Earthlings, that's when we really start to see the concept of multiple transformations per character. Yeah. Like, I can't really remember that happening pre nope. the Saiyajin arc. No. Because, like, Frieza transforms four or five times. Yeah. Goku well, I mean, has his... I mean, I, I mean, other than, like, the giant Ozaru transformation. I, I think it has a lot to do with stretching the believability, because, I mean, up until that right. time, aside from Piccolo and, well, Vegeta... All oh, of we have our humans. Much sure in the dragon world, you can say, Oh, yeah, humans maybe they can transform, but like you kind of hinted at, that would be uh, yes. a big stretch there, like Superman, <laughs> <Or not. laughs> right? Flying so, down the street on the skate. <laughs> let's shoot off aliens here. What other like giant sci fi cliches do we have in the show? Androids, androids, yes. that's the next. We're going in chronological order. Oh, I like we yes. had massive amounts of this... aliens in the Frieza arc, and now we have robots. And it, yes, this androids. I think borrows a lot from the Terminator movies oh yeah well the first two anyway because that's all that was out at the time (laughs) right and i think maybe a little bit from things like blade runner but not too much because instead of like a dystopian kind of gigantic city image you just have like the countryside and stuff and then a ruined future because the right jinzo ningen of renamak you know i always hated the generic kind of late 80s early 90s anime post-apocalyptic neo-tokyo stuff I, I hate <laughs> Yeah, that in particular. I just hated all that stuff. But I didn't mind it in Dragon Ball. Because it was kept more down to earth. Yeah. I guess. Like, they yeah. never went out to make it that post-apocalyptic thing. And then when they would, it would just be, you know, small references with trunks. Yeah. So maybe that's why I like that yeah. a little more. Maybe. Oh, so yeah, trunks, the other big sci-fi element of this arc. is the whole idea of time travel. Hi, I'm Bulma, and I can build a time machine. She can do that. Why Yay. Not? Trunks is the John Connor of the Dragon Ball world. Pretty much. What's interesting is that, I mean, I'm probably not as well-versed in early 90s anime as I could be, but uh, it seems like Dragon Ball is one of the few shows to really tackle the concept of time travel. Like, yeah. I can't think of any other show that really has this from that Nothing era. Nothing that we watched, anyways. At least not like a time machine. I mean, there's elements of time travel in other shows where they're like, oh, I magically transport to another era. Well, that's but... that's different. That's like a magical transformation. This is yeah. purely scientific. Well... Pseudo-scientific. But all, yeah. right, all right. And what in the Dragon World can truly be scientific? I, I know, but... I don't know. you got to admit that capsules would be pretty cool if they could figure out the physics of that. Hells, but... yep. We, we've talked about the lawsuits yeah. before that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's oh inside when I press the button. What do I do? <laughs> He's dead, man. <laughs> oh, time travel. Just the whole alternate timelines thing. Usually what you see is... Either somehow the time travel causes the very events that they went back to prevent, or they end up saving everything and they go back to a future that's not like the way they left it. Right, let's just say it. it's not back to the future logic. Right. <laughs> In this whole um, saga itself between 
you know, androids and time travel. It bugs me to no end when people say Dragon Ball has no plot because it's this era in particular that I'm like, no, look how sci-fi it is. All these crazy ideas I got going around. Don't yeah. say it doesn't have a plot. Yeah, definitely. Especially when, you know, they're doing ideas that no other show at the time, I think, was doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. that very, very cleanly segues into my final thought on all this. But I want to okay. save it until we discuss any other last thing. Well, I was thinking about the last arc, all the Boo stuff. And really, that goes back to being more mystical exactly. than anything else. It reverted back yeah. to general magic stuff. Well, it's like, well, I think it has a little bit to do with Toriyama getting a little bit tired of the drama, maybe Definitely. a little bit frustrated with continuing the series for so long and not really having a choice because his editors are like, make more. <laughs> um, and so he decides to go back to maybe a little bit more of a comedic route. He yeah. still has the Doctor Slump roots, so he's got the exactly. you know the credentials there. Um, but, <laughs> credentials, yeah. I guess, well, I guess that's what you call grid, poop you know. jokes. <laughs> My resume consists of the ability to write poop jokes and draw them. <laughs> this is a pile of poop. Yes. Well, anyway, I, well, I mean, first he takes it in a very odd direction with the great Siaman, and he makes Gohan the lead character for a while, but he doesn't go very far with that and then reverts it back to a focus that has Goku in it again. And some of that is said to have been caused by the fan response, but nobody really knows. I mean, those episodes in Japan on TV were the highest rated um, in like the entire series before it peaked off and kind of started yeah. to go down a little bit more. I mean, it's a very dramatic shift in the tone and subject. Well, not maybe the subject matter, but just the tone of the series. Definitely. Are there any other like, little sci-fi things we can say happened? In that well, arc? Or got, just like, anything? possession. Okay. But that's 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 kind of a sci-fi trope. It it's like a magical sci-fi thing. Yeah. You're thinking like, of, like, Majin Vegeta and the various Majin? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, I know, I'll take over their minds. Or at least kind of put them under my power. I think that's a pretty good crossover element right there. Is there any other broad sci-fi things to mention? Here? There's a vast amount. Oh, I keep saying that a lot. Vast. It's a good vast. word. I don't get a chance to say that too often. There's a lot of spaceships. That's true. Yes. Just the technology in general seems to grow up a bit over mm. the course of the series. And gods. And gods. The whole pantheon just keeps growing until the end of the series. <laughs> pretty much. Quite so. Like, oh, there's more gods above gods, and there are the Kaios, and above them, they've got the Kaioshin, and yeah. Now, what I want to say is something that, it, it kind of sums up what I think about Dragon Ball, just in general. Dragon Ball is a very long series, you know, it, sometimes it takes a lot of crap, sometimes it doesn't. Here's what I want to say about it. Toriyama never intended Dragon Ball to be what it became. The fact that it ran for that long, that well... That well-written, all right, let's ignore some of his little, you know, flub-ups here and there. <laughs> just just in general, it was done that well. Yep. That and that is, was writing by the seat of his pants. That is such a testament to the author's talent. I think that just goes above and beyond what you can just say in general about the show. It was done that well. I'm going to compare it to things like Naruto. Love it. Love it. Love the characters. Love just everything about it. But on the surface, it is what it is. It started out as a show about, you know, ninjas and fighting and action. Dragon Ball didn't. Now, we don't know where Naruto and even One Piece, where those are going to go even 10 years from now. Just right. look at Dragon Ball, though, and look what it transformed into and how, like, this massive of a worldwide phenomenon it became. 
including the sci-fi elements that we've talked about. Do you think it's because of those sci-fi elements that helped it to get popular here? I mean, I know in Japan it was pretty popular. The, the peak of its like, popularity, what was it here? Sell stuff, I sell think. Sell stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very unique in that it kind of had this sort of free-form kind of changing with every arc to suit its needs. Yeah. I mean, especially with a series like One Piece, it which was, you know, not necessarily planned out in all the details, but he had a fairly firm idea of the oh, universe yeah. and the way it works, and things that are revealed in early chapters turn out to be the tip of the iceberg to much larger things, but in right. retrospect were pretty much obviously there to begin with mm -hmm. in the author's mind. Right, Whereas so it's not Dragon like... Ball is like just uncharted territory. Yeah, I don't think Oda's going to plan on, like, you know, sending the crew off to outer space anytime soon, so <laughs> yes. that's nice that he plants his seeds way early on. Yes, although the places. sky was certainly a stretch, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just real quick comparison. Toriyama never had any clue that he was going to be going to Namek when he introduced Piccolo and Piccolo Daimo, but he had to do something with it, and look how well he did it. So, right. so I, I guess we kind of move from talking about sci-fi to just kind of bowing before our master here and <laughs> writing goodness. But I think it's warranted, and I think it yeah. speaks a lot about it. That's why we're here. That is why Yay. we specifically are here doing this. So, right. To bow down before the master? I'm sure we'd still be, you know, doing other things if it did not exist, but That's true. this is fun too. <laughs> Well, that, that was a great topic. I yeah. want to know what other people think about sci-fi stuff, because I'm sure there's a lot of little things we just kind of glossed over and happened in the show. Hop over to the forum, let us know these other sci-fi elements that you found in the series, and like we kind of brought up, were those things specifically things that attracted you to the series that you took an interest in? So uh, let us know. And with that, it is time to turn it over to Julian Sensei. Yay! This week's letter is the letter J. J stands Yay. for Julian. Yes, it does, and that's what makes it my favorite letter. But that's not why we're here. Thank God. We need something to talk about that starts with the letter J, and so I have chosen Jichan. Jichan. This is a term that Goku uses towards a number of older men, in particular his own adoptive grandfather, Son Gohan, who he first refers to as Jichan in the very first chapter. Uh, now, he actually calls the four-star Dragon Ball this, but it's clear that he means <laughs> that he's, like, talking to him through his right. keepsake. He's not that dumb. Yeah. Well, I guess that's debatable, but... Yeah. <laughs> <Continue>. Well, <laughs> anyway, he also calls Muten Roshi this later on, um, and, you know, he's an old guy, so that makes sense. Um, and I think he also maybe calls a few of the gods... Well, he 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 definitely uses not polite speech. Right. Well, <laughs> explain like, a little bit about how this isn't quite what you would say to a revered person. Right. Well, this is kind of a term of endearment, and in particular, it well, the standard form of this would be ojisan, which would be literally grandfather. Uh, and chan is a diminutive suffix. Usually, you use it with people you are very close to, and I mean, like. You know, and not I mean not even just like buddies like guys, but like either Best you're related forever. to them. Either you're related to them or you're, you know, going out with a girl and you know, you call in that or that kind of thing. Or they're your kid. Right. And they're little. 
Uh, you call them that past a certain age, they're liable to blow up at you and storm out of the house. Um, but where was I? So yeah, um, actually, the more common form, even in this case, is Ji-chan. But for whatever reason, Goku says Ji-chan. He extends the consonant rather than the vowel. Now, the most polite way to refer to an elderly man who is not your grandfather would also be Oyaji-san. But um, I think he's he incapable of saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he does tend to um, maybe not refer to people most politely. He calls men who are roughly middle-aged Osan, even when he gets up to that <laughs> that age. Um, so he's not the greatest at being polite to people, and that and that's part of it. So it's kind of like Gramps. It's part of his Or charm. Grandpa. Yeah. It's part of his rustic charm. Is rustic, a yes. Goku shall now be bumpkin. rustic. I like it. <laughs> rustic in the woods, uh, with no clothes on. Pretty much it on Jichan, correct? I believe so. I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning that the companion for females is Bachan, or uh, in particular, this is used for um, Pan by Goku Jr., even right. though he's actually his her, her great-great-grandson. But Bachan uh, similarly can be used as a term of endearment for any elderly woman, although you might want to use Obasan just because that's more polite, unless you know them really well. And now uh, it's time for our Obasan. Hey, that's awful. I'm gonna go cry. Well, before you go off and cry, can you do the list for the week? <sighs> I guess so. Mary! Yeah? <laughs> your list this week... Stop crying. Okay. okay. Your list this week involves two characters. That's right. It involves a large green man... And a small half-monkey boy. Can only go downhill from here. <laughs> These are the top five Piccolo Saves Gohan moments. And, yes, he does this enough that it warrants a list. <laughs> At least five. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So there are some that don't make the cut, but they're kind of close. Right. Uh, I just want to say thanks to all the people that liked the last uh, top five list. <laughs> I got a lot of nice feedback on it, and I'm glad you enjoyed it instead of being scared off by it. So I, I thank you very much. All right, number five, Piccolo Saves Gohan moment. Okay. All right, at number five, we've got from the Frieza saga, uh, Piccolo recently fused with Nail, that wacky son of a gun. Okay, I guess he wasn't really wacky at all. Um, <laughs> Krillin and Gohan are fighting Frieza. Frieza's in his second form at this right, point. Right, right. And, you know, they got all that stuff going on. And Gohan, getting this back down later. Gohan on. thinks he's strong, and Vegeta's not doing so hot, and... No one's really doing very well. They're all getting their asses handed to them. Frieza's kind of playing with them. And... I'm like, oh, ho, ho, work out for me. And all of a sudden, a glowing green man shows up. <laughs> a newly fused glowing green man shows up. Now, this is at number five because it technically doesn't save Gohan from specific peril. However, his action of showing up probably helped Gohan to not get killed. <laughs> it saves a little head bashing, right. I would say. <laughs> So yes, that's at number five. All right, how about number four? Number four is quite possibly one of the most badass Piccolo entrances, but it also helps, you know, Gohan in the process. Yes. This is for movie eight. You know, everyone's beaten the hell up. Gohan's hanging by, like, the back scruff of his uh, outfit there up on up against a building, and Broly decides, oh, I'm going to throw this blast up at him. And of course, if there's a blast heading towards Gohan, what's going to happen? There's going to be a blast coming from uh perpendicular. Yes, a perpendicular. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> a perpendicular angle. All right, so this key blast comes from an adjacent direction and puts the other blast flying in and out in the opposite direction. And who else could it be from but Mr. Green Man? And and where is he? He's on a pole. <laughs> 
<laughs> being fancy on a pole. It's this really hot shot, and he's got his cape all flowing out, and he just looks cool for once. So that's Piccolo saving Gohan via a pole with a blast uh, in a nutshell. All right, number three, we've got movie three. Yes, we got a lot of movie things because they're well animated and, you know, they're pretty formulaic in that Piccolo always saves Gohan. But this one's pretty cool. All right, we've got Gohan bumping into Tadasu, Tadasu, whoever the hell you people pronounce it on this podcast. Taurus. Taurus. You're, uh, you know, they're going at it and somehow... They're going at it. Oh. I think you're watching a different movie than I am. <laughs> oh, I gotta stop reading that. Yaoi Piccolo Gohan manga. No, let me make this perfectly clear. We do not have any Yaoi. Oh, no, we don't. Mary does not read Yaoi. <laughs> it's my sarcasm that's not quite so obvious. Okay, continue. Anywho, Piccolo and Gohan, they kind of bump into each other, and he's kind of looking like he's holding Gohan, and Gohan what? has this cute little face. He looks Tars, up at him. Tars throws him at Piccolo. <laughs> oh, he's like, here, uh, you take care of this take thing. Take the boy away. And he, he grabs Gohan, but in a lovingly fatherly way, and... And Gohan's all like, Piccolo Sad! I'm okay! <laughs> he looks all happy, so it's cute. And then they get blasted, and then, you know, the movie continues from there. Next! Next up, we're, we're inching back a bit. We're going to actual uh, TV series stuff. We've got Cybermen. Cybermen? Cybermen. There you go. Then they're, they're fighting the gang, and one of them's about to go after Gohan, and lo and behold, here's a giant green hand <laughs> coming from the great beyond, and he grabs the Cybermen. <laughs> I have to say it really slowly. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and Piccolo, he's there, and he's like, no, don't hurt my boy. Let my Gohan go. <laughs> and he throws him up into the air, and his mouth goes big, and boom, there's a key blast coming out of his there mouth. There you have Mary's reinterpretation of this scene. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a, oh. a theatrical version. Oh, Lord. What's number one? Number one's easy, and it's a no-brainer. And hey, I remember this one, because he'd be crying like a little bitch. Um, it's Piccolo dying for our dear boy. Oh, what a sacrifice. It's a Nappa. He's going for the kill. And Gohan, like, no, my face! Don't hurt my face! And then Piccolo, he zooms onto the scene, arms spread out. No! Again, don't touch the boy! Of course, he didn't say that, but maybe in his head he was. I have to determine that you watched a completely different show than I <laughs> I have I to make it more interesting than it really is. Why? Because you don't want to cry? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm already crying on the inside. I am too. For being called Bachan, or whatever the hell it was you called me. <laughs> um, so yeah, he dies, and, I, that, and he cries. That's, that's the ultimate saving. And he, and he smiles at Gohan, and he fades away in, in anime death fashion. He doesn't fade away. He doesn't? No way! Did they do that? You fucking dummy. They, they didn't make him fade away? <laughs> I thought that what? was like the miracle of technology. This pickle, not pickle. Pickle's body stays there on the ground. Does yeah. Goku's body fade away? Yes. yes. Oh, okay, I guess that's what. Piccolo's I'm body doesn't fade away till later. Ah, I think. I it apologize. Doesn't... No, it doesn't fade away at all because Goku walks up and he checks his pulse. Oh, you see, well, I no, but it doesn't fade away till after the battle is long over when they go to pick up all the bodies, and after they pick up all the bodies, then that's remember because. They appear in the afterlife sometime after that, so obviously they disappeared sometime when they were in storage. I guess, but they never went into that. Yeah, I'm not even sure they bothered to pick up Piccolo's body. They're like, <laughs> oh, him. Let's leave him there. I apologize for my dubbiness. I've seen those episodes dubbed dozens of times, and I've seen it in raw Japanese once, so it's kind of hard to remember the one time. But yeah, he, he died, though. You don't get any more saving Gohan than jumping in front of a blast and dying for it. So. Oh, yes. So thank you for your list this week. Yeah. That's it for the list. It's time for releases. 
Okay, well, the first release on our calendar for this week comes to us on July 4th. This would be Volume 3 of the Captain Ginyu and Frieza arc of the DBZ Animanga. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is basically taking stills from the TV show and putting them into comic format. This is... This is redundantly redundant. (laughs) Exactly. So, I don't know, you can pick that up if you're looking for, I don't know. (laughs) A waste of money. Yes, but that's what it is. I mean, personally, I'd say go with the anime, go with the manga, but what? What's this? (laughs) Maybe for scans, if you can't do screen caps. Price and yes. availability. Oh, yes, that part. That's the important part, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is going to be going for 710 yen, and it is available at Amazon Japan, among other places. That it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have more stuff in Japan. Mary, what's coming out on July 5th? One day after? Wow, they're yes. really making those Japanese spend a lot of money. They are. And maybe people from afar, if you would like these imported DVDs, it's the individual releases from the Dragon Box set. It's DBZ DVDs Volume 25, 26, and 27, containing 143 through 159. That consists of the early cell arc, so good stuff indeed. If you could swing the money, it's a 39.90 yen a pop. It's around 35, $36. $36, you buy now. Buy it now, one click, yes. <laughs> I wish it was easy as one click. Oh, it is. It just costs money to do so. I know. So we're going to get into a little bit of a controversial release here. Oh. Funimation has a listing on DragonBallZ.com for July 11th, DBC Ultimate Uncut Edition Volume 10, The Saiyan Prince. This is not even listed on you know other retailer sites anymore. So what's going on? We have this whole confusion about the Season 1 box set coming out later this year and... Are they stopping the releases with these? And we didn't hear this come up with the Funimation panel about things that are coming out. Now, if this actually comes out, this will be DBZ TV episodes 28 through 30. So this is Goku versus Vegeta. Um, kind of funny. If you click the buy button on its listing on uh, DragonBallZ.com, you, you still go over to Z-Store, but Z-Store doesn't have it. it it's it's amusing. <sighs> Mary Johnny. Sorry. So we don't know. And I guess I'm just going to take this last one, too, because I'm Mr. Video Game. On July 20th. Battle Stadium D-O-N comes out for the Japanese PS2 and GameCube. Yes, this is a three-way, uh, how you say, Manashatwa for Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, and Naruto. Fighting game coming out. This was developed by Eiting, which is a funny name. They did uh, Naruto Gekito Ninja Taisen 4 for the GameCube, um, the fourth game in that Naruto series of fantastic fighting games. So we know they can make good things. Coming out for 7,140 yen. That's uh, around $65. You can get it on all your typical import gaming shop places. I cannot wait. One to four players knocking them all over the place. And if you check out last episode, you can find links to the uh, TV spots playing in Japan. Very neat. That's July. Lots of Japanese stuff in July. In fact, it might all be Japanese stuff if that Funimation DVD doesn't come out. <laughs> That's it. Hey, Guess it's time for emails. This email comes to us from Sebastian. He writes, I remember an email early in the podcast regarding whether the Japanese version of Super DBZ was pronounced Super DBZ or Cho DBZ. I'm pretty much convinced, as everyone should be by now, that it's pronounced Super Dragon Ball Zetto. Super Dragon Ball Zetto! Uh, Now, with that out of the way, I noticed in one of the lyrics translations provided by Julian, 
Yeah, that's me. Which was, If I don't do it, who will? The movie 13 ending by animation singer veteran Hironobu Kageyama. Uh, in that translation, he, meaning Kageyama, would often refer to Super Saiyajin as Cho Saiyajin. <laughs> Super Gotenks as Cho Gotenksu. Now, I'm more confused than ever. May I ask Julian, or fellow DaiZX staff, to shed some light on this rather vexing issue? I know you guys explained the play on the Kanji Cho or an earlier podcast, but it's just so confusing and often easy to forget that I think it's a good idea to bring it up from time to time for our Cho versus Suba junkies. P.S. Also, if Cho is just a Kanji for Suba, why doesn't Mr. Kageyama use Suba? Alrighty. Now, this is something I always noticed in the lyrics for the movie 13 Closer. Here are my thoughts on the matter. What I think the idea they're trying to get across is... Actually, not Super Saiyajin, as in not Super Saiyajin the stage, but as in Saiyajin strength, but a large amount of it. Like a very enormous, if you will, like super, awesome. super, like a super duper. Right. I like guess, you know, an adjective. Yeah. Incredible. Awesome. Exactly. And it just Amazing. so happens that the word they're using is Cho, which of course brings in the whole Cho versus Supa. So that's what I'm going to say here is what they meant. Not literally your Super Saiyajin power, but your. Your awesome, fantastic, amazing Saiyajin power. Uh, with the Cho Gotenkusu, I, same kind of thing. When I hear Super Gotenks, I think of just Super Saiyajin Gotenks. So I'm saying they were going for that kind of idea with this song in particular anyways. Would anyone like to argue against me? Yes. <laughs> now, as for the, the postscript, uh, I think you've got things a little bit confused because... Uh, obviously, um, Supa is a loan word from Western languages, right. probably English, but also pretty much any Romance language. Uh, and Cho uh, is basically the Chinese character equivalent with a pretty close meaning. And so since, you know, the 1800s or so, it's been used as a rough translation for the word super to the point that it's become, you know, more or less associated with it almost exclusively. And so you have people who actually use supa in the Japanese context, even using the kanji, but it itself is not a legitimate reading of the Chinese character being, you know, an English loanword and all. But, um, yeah, hopefully that answers the question. I think so. Mary, why don't you take our next email? Sure thing. Comes from one of our regulars, J-Guy, which... Of course, is our little nickname for him. Uh, Jinyu, I think is his name? I don't fucking know. Well, that's J-Guy. why he's J-Guy. All right, his question is, this might be another one of those questions that you can't answer, but I'll give it a shot. I've always wondered why Majin Buu didn't change at all after absorbing Vegito. The absorption seemed the same for all the other characters. Wouldn't it make sense for Buu to transform into something different? It could be because he was a fusion, but then what about Gotenks? All right, I got an answer for this one, too. Right. I'm on top of things here. What was different about Vegito's absorption? I'm asking this not rhetorically, but to Mary and Julian. What was different about the way that Vegito was absorbed? I'll rely on Julian. Bar- yes. Yeah. He put up a he barrier. Put, yeah, and this was his intention. He purposely put up a barrier at the very last second so he could get inside of Boo and whatever you planned on doing. <laughs> right. We're not exactly sure. Of course, once you let the barrier down inside, they split apart into Goku and Vegeta. But apparently their plan was to go rescue the other people from inside of Boo. Right, uh, exactly. Assuming they didn't just come up without it at them, you know, like on the spur <laughs> of the moment. Well, this leads me to believe that the whole process of absorbing someone pretty much takes place upon contact because, you know, Gotenks and... Piccolo and Gohan, they get absorbed. They don't have the barrier up. So it seems like the instant they get you know, brought in there, that's when that happens. 
Vegito, on the other hand, uh, he had the barrier up, so nothing really got to him because he's a smart dude. I, mm-hmm. That's that's all I can come up with. So maybe that is a question we could answer and did answer. Does that make sense? It makes sense yes. to me. I buy it. You you buy it? Then again, I got nothing to you know go on since I still hadn't seen the episodes. Every we have it on DVD. Oh well, good. Now I have a reason because I never had it fan subbed. You didn't? I didn't no. either. Shock. Oh, we already knew that. Read the manga, Japanese. No. So I didn't really read it as much as I looked at the pretty pictures. But anyways, next email comes to us from Drabaz. I have no idea. Drabaz86, that's what I'm going to say. During the end of Dragon Ball and the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, Goku wears and then takes off his blue weighted gi because it makes him faster. But after fighting Vegeta, he never takes it off on purpose. You would think he would just to get the extra speed, but he never does. Is this because his gi is not weighted anymore? Or is Goku just so fast that taking it off would do nothing? Now, as we discussed earlier, Goku likes to be naked. So I think <laughs> at any given opportunity, he's going to take his clothes off. But, you know, you brought up two great points. Either he's not wearing weighted ones anymore, or he's just so fast that it doesn't make any difference anymore. I'm leaning towards the latter. I yeah. think so, too. I'm going to say he's just so damn awesome that it doesn't matter anymore. He's fast. He's like, Phew. even the cops can't catch him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you would like to send us emails, head over to Daizenshu EX, the website, as opposed to the podcast. But the podcast is part of the website, so it doesn't matter. You'll find a contact link over on the left-hand side of the page. You can find the address. You can send us questions in text form. You can send us questions in audio form. I've gotten some audio emails, so we're saving them up. We're stocking them up. We're going to have some awesome audio questions. We'll play them. We'll answer them. Hey, we actually answered questions appropriately this week. Fantastic. Let's get some more. We'll answer them. I think it's time to end the show, though. Okay. Yeah, this was episode 33 of Daisenshu EX, the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. We're, we're growing up so quick here. Aww, I just want to pinch the cheeks of the podcast. You go ahead and do that. Let me know how you managed to do so after you've done so. Well, you know, yeah, come to think of it. <laughs> oh, well. So that's it. Next week, we are going to be back with episode 34. What an amazing number that'll be. No particular reason why. I just think it will be. Mary. Yes. Your website is... It's going to be back tomorrow. Yay. My bandwidth will be back. It's Temple of Trunks, which can be found at T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. Fantastic you can spell. On the other hand, we have Daisenshu E-X. And that's a website also. (laughs) Yes. It's far less letters. And I'm Julian, and I'm with Mike on his website. Uh, but oh, anyway, and where can you find it? Oh, that's that's right. I have to give a URL. That's www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. That it is. Well, folks, it's time to bring it to a close for good. For Mary. For Julian. For Daisenshu EX. For good. For great justice. For great justice. I am Michael Bree, the Gito EX, and I want to hear you sad. Bye, Zenshu EX